I'm excited to be here with you. This is uh, my beautiful wife, Joy. She's, she's here with me to keep an eye on me. And uh, we have seven children. And uh, we have 24 grandchildren. And all of our family are serving the Lord. Every weekend, all our grandchildren and family are in church somewhere. Two of our grandchildren are in, uh, were born in Shanghai. And we have a long-standing connection with Chinese people. I started going up to Asia in uh, 1990. And I have been going up there three, four, five times a year ever since. Except for last year. <laughs> last year we're locked down. And I begin to long for Chinese people. <laughs> so we were doing a trip to Auckland. And we stopped in a tea route. And there was a young Chinese couple there. So we introduced ourselves. And we ended up inviting them and their family to come and stay with us. And I was so happy. And within a short time, then pastor came and visited us. And we have this opportunity to be with you. So I'm expecting for God to touch many of us here. We need the Holy Spirit to touch us. And I want you to open your heart to have an encounter with God. I can remember being in a camp just like this. It was not a Pentecostal meeting. But inside my heart, there was a hunger and a passion. There was an emptiness. And I remember, I remember just crying out, Holy Spirit, come and touch me. I want to speak in tongues. I want your presence in my life. And immediately the Holy Spirit came on me. And that was a turning point for my life. What we do now all over the world started in a meeting just like this with a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, come. Come and touch me. Come and fill me. He responds to hunger and desire. He responds to need. If you will reach out to Him, I am confident He will touch your life. Each person's experience will be different. But let's leave this camp with a fresh passion for God, a fresh fire of revival burning in our Amen. 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 I want to speak over this weekend. 
I want to speak on the Holy Spirit. I want to help you understand Him. And to encounter and experience Him. Tonight, I'm going to speak a message called Who is the Holy Spirit? Because so many people are confused about Him. I want you to understand who He is. And tomorrow morning, I will share about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then in the evening session, I will speak on being delivered by the Holy Spirit. Being set free from things that trouble us. If you have a Bible with you, Perhaps you would look with me in John chapter 14 and verse, verse 15 through to verse 18. Okay, then. so let's read the Bible. This is the end of Jesus' ministry. He is with his disciples. And his ministry is drawing to an end. So what he has to say to them is very important. When someone is about to end their life, their words are very important. This is, this is what he said. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray to the Father, and He will give you another helper that, that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it doesn't see Him or know Him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. This is a very, very powerful passage of the Bible. begins to talk to his disciples about a change that will occur. Notice what he says. I will pray the Father and he'll give you another helper. A helper is someone who comes near to help you. To strengthen you. To be with you in the troubles of life. And he said, I'm about to send you another helper. That word another means exactly the same as the one you've had. Prior to this, Jesus was helping them. Now as he's about to leave, he makes a promise, I will send you another helper exactly like me. It's the Holy Spirit. He calls him the Spirit of Truth. 
Because he always leads us into what is true. And he says the world doesn't understand or receive him, doesn't know him. But he says you will know him. So who is then the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is seen all through the Bible. If you were to do a Bible search, you would find the Holy Spirit is in every book of the Bible. The Holy Spirit doesn't draw attention to himself. But he is present everywhere in the Bible. In the book of Revelation, at the very beginning, it said the Spirit of God hovered over creation. Waiting for the Word of God to come forth. The Holy Spirit was at work in creating the universe. If you go through the Bible, and you go to the end of the Bible, you'll find right at the very end, in Revelation 22, and around about verse 17, it says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, Lord Jesus. So in the first book, the Holy Spirit is there working with Jesus to create. And at the end of the book, the Holy Spirit is with the bride of Christ, the church, crying out in intercession for him to return again. And Whenever God wanted to use someone to bring a change in a nation, they and they will become empowered by the Holy Spirit. So we see it all through the Bible. The Holy Spirit empowering people. When you look at Jesus, and you start to search the Bible, you will find the Holy Spirit involved all the way through his life. He made the Holy Spirit his intimate friend. I won't look up all these verses. But I will tell you them. When we see the beginning of Jesus, the Bible says he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. In other words, Jesus' conception and birth into the world was supernatural by the power of the Holy Spirit. We find that in the book of Matthew, chapter 1. In Luke, chapter 
在路加福音第四章，第一节就会说耶稣被神圣灵的带领。在路加福音第三章，在我们看耶稣的生命当中。It began supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit coming on Mary. In Luke 3, he is led by the Holy Spirit. In Luke 4, verse 14, Shang,呃,上天来到我们这个地方。他把所有的权利都交付给神。他出,降生在这个世界上。Vulnerable when you look at Jesus, he is a model for us. He is the pattern for us. He's the one we fix our eyes on. People tend to fail. When we put too much trust in people, we can be very disappointed. People let us down. People can hurt us. That's why we need to know about the Holy Spirit. Now you see why Jesus had said to them, I'm about to go, but I will give to you another comforter. Let's read it again. He said, I will give you another helper, John 14, 16. And he will abide with you forever. That means he'll never leave you. 
When we receive the Holy Spirit, He will never leave us. He's the Spirit of Truth. He wants to lead us into the things that are true. Or to put it another way, He wants to lead us out of being deceived. And living a powerful life. Jesus called him also the Holy Spirit. So when we yield to the Holy Spirit, He will bring us more and more into truth. In every area of our life. What it means to be a man. What it means to be a woman. How to be a good wife. How to live a life that honors God. The Bible is full of truth. On how our lives can be powerful. And one of the Holy Spirit's roles is to lead you into truth. To take you into the Word of God. To the things that will make your life powerful. Make your relationships fruitful. As we have followed the Holy Spirit, He has helped repair our lives. He has helped restore our marriage. He has helped us raise children. He has helped us rescue them out of difficulties. He has helped us grow a great family. The problems and pressures we face in life, they are overwhelming. We need the supernatural ability. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. When you do not lean upon the Holy Spirit, you must lean on your own resources, your own ideas, your own strength, and it's never enough. We need the power of God in our lives. In Proverbs 3, and verse 5 and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean upon Him. Don't lean on your own ability to work life out. In all your ways, be intimate with Him. And he will direct your path. So the Holy Spirit wants to direct your life. To direct your marriage. To direct your family. To direct you in business. To bring you into a bigger vision. That's what he does. He reveals God's bigger purpose for us. 
我的计划 very small plan only include a few people God's plan a much bigger plan so when we yield to the Holy Spirit he will lead you into the truth of God's plan for you which is much bigger than your own plan it doesn't matter what age you are. The Holy Spirit wants to touch your life. And expand you. See a lot of old people. They think of retiring. You do all the work. Look after me. It's not God's plan for you. He wants you to have fresh fire in your heart. Fresh vision in your heart. Fresh passion in your heart. So you don't sort of fade out. You live a strong, powerful life till the very end. Reaching to the next generation. Amen. Amen. So the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is the Spirit of God. He's a very distinct person. First of all, I want to share some things he is not. People have many strange ideas about the Holy Spirit. He is, he is not a thought. He's a person, a spirit being that we can have a relationship with. Holy Spirit is not a feeling, but he causes us to feel things. Holy Spirit is not a force. I think some people think he's like Star Wars. <笑>有些人认为圣灵好像是一个 comes upon us like a dove. Very gently. So he's like a dove, but he's very gentle. Very peaceful. Some people think he's like the wind. The Holy Spirit is not a wind. The Holy Spirit moves like wind. You can't see him, but you see what he does. You see the lives he changes. Some people think the Holy Spirit is a fire. He's not a fire, he's a person. But sometimes he acts like a fire. What does that mean? A fire causes passion to arise inside us. 
因为烈火会烧着东西。他有时候让我们感受到像我们着火一样。因为他打动我们。他想让我们像着火一样。他的运行像火一样的流动。他的运行像火一样的流动。他的运行像火一样的流动。他的运行像火一样的流动。他的运行像火一样的流动。他的运行像火一样的流动。他的运行像火一样的流动。他的运行像火一样的流动。他的运行
Sons and daughters fulfill the plans. 子女来实现 The Holy Spirit empowers them to do it. 圣灵给我们这个能力去实现 So we see the three distinct people there. 这样有圣圣父、圣子、圣灵的各自的独特 We find this also in Matthew chapter three. 我们也可以在马太福音第三章看到 Matthew chapter three. 马太福音第三章 And we look at verse sixteen. 第十六节 And what happened there? It says when Jesus had been baptized in water. 当耶稣受到受洗的时候 Jesus came up from the water. 耶稣从水中起来 The heavens were opened to him. 天空大开了 And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. 看到神的灵像鸽子一样降临在 And then suddenly a voice came from heaven. 突然天上的声有声音说 This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. 这是我的子，我的爱子，我很喜悦他 So we see three people there again. We see God the Father speaking to God the Son, Jesus the Son, and we see the Holy Spirit empowering Jesus. Three distinct people. We see the Holy Spirit is the one who empowers people. Is the Spirit of the Father or the Spirit sent by the Father? Before, when we were reading in John chapter 14, Jesus said, "I will send you the Holy Spirit. I will not leave you orphans." Why did he mention orphans? What is an orphan? In the Bible, an orphan was a person who had no father. They may have a mother, but the problem was a missing father. In that culture, if you had no father, you had no one to protect you. You had no one to provide for you. You had no one to discipline you. You are no one to guide you or direct you. And your social status was very low. So widows and orphans were very vulnerable in the society. So widows and orphans were very vulnerable We may have natural parents, but spiritually we are orphans. In the spiritual world, we are orphans. And people who are spiritually orphaned have a certain way of thinking. They think like this. I'm on my own. There's no one to look out for me. I have to look out for myself. There's no one to protect me. I need to stand up and fight for myself. There's no one to provide for me. I have to work hard for myself. There's no one to guide me and mentor me. I just have to work it out. That's the condition of the world today. This is the condition of the world today. This is the condition of the world today. This is the condition of the world today. 
There's a big difference with you that means outside and in you he's a part of you. Jesus said, I won't leave you orphaned. I won't abandon you. The same spirit of my father that was with me, I will send him to you. He will come and dwell within you. He will never leave you. You will never be alone. You'll never be without someone to guide you. You'll never be without someone to protect you. You'll never be without someone to discipline you. You'll never be without someone to lead you. The Holy Spirit will be in you. He will remain with you forever. What a promise Jesus has made. That no longer will we be spiritual orphans. But God's Spirit will come into our life. And we will become one with Him. And that Holy Spirit will show us that we're children of God. He will remind us all the time. You're not alone. I'm with you. You're not on your own. I'm here to help you. You're not an orphan. You're a child of the living God. You're not some poor person from some poor family. You're the son daughter of a king. That's why it says in Romans 8, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If you have received the Spirit of God, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're no longer a spiritual orphan. You're not alone in this world. You have the Spirit of your Father with you. You are a son and a daughter of a king. You have a new identity. Even if your background was broken, even if you were terribly hurt, you now have a loving Father, and a Spirit dwells within you. What an amazing promise. Who is this Holy Spirit? He is the Spirit of God. He's the Spirit who makes us into sons and daughters of God. He comes to be with us. What is he like? What is he like? And how can we get to know him? These are the questions we need to ask. I was trained as a science teacher, physics and math. When I first started walking with the Lord, I found it very difficult. I've been so trained in physics, so trained in math. I did a master's degree in physics. So I'm trained to ask lots of questions. 
我就会问很多的问题什么东西我得要自己的逻辑思维去认识神的话是不可能的你要认识这位神是要相信圣灵来带领你的让我们来看一下旧约圣经的一段经文 Chapter 我想认识你。我想更多的认识你。我想更多的认识你。我想更多的认识你。我想更多的认识你。我想更多的认识你。我想更多的认识你。我想更多的认识你。我想更多的认识你。我想更多的认识你。我想更多的认识你。我想更多
忍受的。It means it takes a long, 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 long time to get him angry. You can't make God angry very easily. I'm very slow to anger. I put up with your stuff because I love you and want to help you. He was the Holy Spirit. He's long suffering. He's abounding in goodness. What does that mean? It's the word kindness. The Holy Spirit is full of love and kindness to people. Abounding in truth. In other words, there's no lies in him. Keeping mercy, showing kindness to thousands. Forgiving iniquity and sin. This Holy Spirit is all powerful. Is eternal and unchanging. And is very kind. That's what God has sent to dwell in your heart. What is the Holy Spirit like? There's another way you can find the Holy Spirit. Found in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. You look in verse 22. You can tell what someone's like by the influence they have on others. Someone's angry, they stir other people to be angry. Someone's bitter, they tend to make other people bitter. If someone's selfish, they tend to make other people selfish. But the Holy Spirit is not like that. It says in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit, what does that mean? It means when you yield your life to the Holy Spirit intentionally, there will be a fruit appear in your life like a fruit on a tree. When you consciously yield to the Holy Spirit's influence, your life will become very sweet. Your relationships will change. Your life will be very different to what it has been. Because you're letting the Holy Spirit work through you instead of just reacting to people. It says that this is what it will look like this. When you yield to the Holy Spirit, His nature will flow through you. You'll become more loving. The fruit of the Spirit is love. When you yield to the Holy Spirit, the fruit of yielding to Him is joy. I just find a lot of people are lacking love. They're centered on themselves. And a lot of people are lacking joy because they're all wrapped up in their life and their problems. But when we yield to the Holy Spirit and start to align and cooperate with Him, there's good fruit in your life. Love, 
Joy, peace, peace in your heart instead of fear and anxiety. Love, joy, peace, patience, long suffering, kindness, goodness. These are the things the Holy Spirit produces in your life. Yielding to the Holy Spirit. Changes what you live your life like. That's why we need to know the Holy Spirit. If what you're doing is unloving, unkind, that's not the Holy Spirit. If what's happening isn't bringing joy to your life, that's not the Holy Spirit. If your life is in turmoil and there's no peace, that's not the Holy Spirit. You can tell when the Holy Spirit is working through a person, a marriage, and a family. There'll be love. Our children always want to come home. Not because we say you must come home. They come home because they love us. When the grandchildren come, they come run up and hug me. Hello, granddad. All of them. That's not because they have to, it's because they want to. The nature of the Holy Spirit produces good fruit. How we need the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is a person we can relate to, surrender to, and come to know. He has the distinct characteristics of a person. You can talk to him. You can build relationship with him. He will focus your attention always on Jesus. He never talks about himself. The Holy Spirit is very sensitive. People don't understand that. They think, well, God's all powerful, He can do whatever He wants. That is true. He can do whatever He wants because He is all powerful. But He has chosen to limit His power to cooperating with people. So He won't force His way into your life. He won't force his will upon you. He will quietly and gently draw you. He's very sensitive. So he feels things in response to how we treat him. Think about this. When you get with people, you feel their attitude to you. If they don't want you to be there, you can feel it. If they're happy to have you there, you can feel it. In other words, even at a natural level, when someone is welcoming you, you feel it. And you respond. So when Pastor Joseph comes to me, 
我们的领牧师来的时候我很久没有见到他我很久没有见到他<笑><笑> 你会感受到一个人让你觉得很受欢迎。以弗所书第四章第三十节。以弗所书第四章第三十节。在第三十节他说。Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Think about this. If I hurt her, then she draws back. And you mistreat people. He was there when you did it. He was there when you said it. He was there when you looked. He was there when you were thinking. You understand? Because he's a loving spirit. Because well, I don't like them. <laughs> the Holy Spirit says, I want you to love them. Doesn't matter whether you like them. I want you to be kind. I want you to demonstrate my life to them. I want to travel within you wherever you go. And work through you to show what my father is like. So the Holy Spirit is sensitive. We can grieve him. We can also quench him. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5:19. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Well, the word quench means put out the fire. Don't be a wet blanket and put out the fire and the passion. 
It also means to block or obstruct someone working. He's saying, don't block the Holy Spirit working. How do we do that? Oh, it's very simple. We just try to be in control of everything. And we make no room for Him. When we leave Him out of our plans, we are quenching Him working. When we make no room for the Holy Spirit to move, we are quenching Him. We can be good people, but stop and obstruct the Holy Spirit. Many churches in New Zealand do that. They make no room for the Holy Spirit. They quench and limit Him working. We don't want to be like that. We need the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve Him by badly treating people. Don't quench him. We can resist him. We can resist him. In Acts 7 and verse uh, 51, it says they resisted the Holy Spirit constantly. What does that mean? It means he's trying to lead us one way and we resist and go another way. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Love the Holy Spirit and make him welcome. Flow with him in what he's doing. And listen to him when you make your decisions. How hard can that be? That's not very hard, is it? That's what we're called to be like. He is our helper. If you want his help, don't grieve him. Welcome him and learn to treat people well. Because his mission is to empower you to make Jesus known. And if you treat people badly, they hate the God you represent. Holy Spirit grieved. He's very sensitive. Okay, let me just finish with this last part. I want to talk briefly about the difference between the indwelling Spirit and the Spirit empowering us. First, we'll just look at the indwelling spirit. And we'll go back to our passage in John 14, 17. And this is what Jesus said. He talked about the Holy Spirit. He dwells with you. That means he's nearby. And he shall be in you. Dwelling within you. So Jesus told us very clearly that when we follow Christ, commit our lives to serve Jesus, the Holy Spirit will live within us. So when He comes to dwell within us, His purpose is to change us. The presence of the Holy Spirit is given to you. To change 
Reveals himself little by little by little. So if you look back in the Old Testament, you see a little bit about what God is like. But as we go further on, he reveals more and more and more and more about himself. if you want to come near God, he's up there. So they climb a high mountain so they can get nearer to God. That was the way they thought. God is up there. We climb the mountain, we get nearer him. And they thought that way a long time. Some people still think that way. But God is not up there. When Moses came along, said, you know how you all thought God was up there? God's told me to build a tent and he's coming here to live in the tent. So if you want to meet God, come to the tent. And when he made the tent, God filled it with his presence. People couldn't stand up, God's presence was so And then a little later on, Solomon said, you know that tent that Moses had? I'm going to build a big permanent house for you now. He's not up. He's not in the tent. He's in the big house. All comes to the big house, that's where God is. So God is progressively revealing. He wants to connect with people. But in the Old Testament, if you lived in Abraham's days, I'm the big mountain. God is up there. When God came down, he came down on the mountain. The days of Moses, go to the tent. That's where God is to be found. The days of Solomon, go to the, ten, te, uh, the temple. That's where he is. And then hundreds of years later, Jesus came. See, so guess what? God's not up there. Sanbuzanu John 7:38. He said, "Out of your innermost being, 
will flow rivers of life, rivers of the Holy Spirit. So after Jesus had risen from the dead, the Spirit of God came to live within us. You are the temple of God. You are the house of God. God has come to live within you. If in the Old Testament, if you wanted to hear the voice of God, climb the mountain, go to the tent, and you might hear God say, this is God. But now we don't hear him that way. He dwells within us. So he leads you from within. When there's peace in your heart, you will know you are being led by the Holy Spirit. When there's turmoil in your heart, you're missing him. Something has gone wrong. So God wants to put his spirit inside us. So in John, in John in chapter 20, I think it is, Let's see how I can find the verse. John 20 and verse 22. This is what Jesus did. He breathed into the disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God came to live in them. And every one of us, when we receive Jesus Christ, trust Him to forgive our sins, Holy Spirit comes to live inside you. He's the breath of God. You now become new inside. You have another life inside you. There's a person connected to you. He's called the Holy Spirit. He's called the Spirit of God. And wherever you go, He wants to flow through you. He wants you, your hands to be His hands. He wants your mouth to be his mouth to speak kind words. When we're alone, the temple of God, we are the temple of God. God wants to speak to us. When we gather together, we're a corporate temple. Live like that. Act like that. Live like you're the temple of God. Live as a carrier of His presence. If you go to your business, God wants to bring His presence into your business. Wants to prosper your business so He can expand His kingdom. He wants His presence in your home. He wants His presence in your marriage. But He comes through you. That requires you yield to him. But Jesus also said, Wait till you be given power of the Holy Spirit. So he promised the indwelling spirit. He promised the empowering spirit. Luke 24, I will clothe you with power from on high. What is that about? I'll share more on that tomorrow. And we'll pray for people to have encounters with the Holy Spirit. The indwelling presence of God is to change who you are. The presence of God coming upon you is to change what you do. It's to empower you to minister. The indwelling presence empowers you to become 
a child of God. The Holy Spirit upon you empowers you to serve and advance the cause of Christ. There's a big difference. Indwelling, change who you are. Upon, change what you do. Indwelling, change you to become like Jesus. Empowering, to enable you to serve other people and advance the cause of Christ. So let's just talk about those two differences. Indwelling Holy Spirit, it matures you and causes you to change. God wants you continually to change. Don't settle down. The empowering spirit he wants to work through you and help people supernaturally. The indwelling Holy Spirit, He wants to help you overpower sin and develop the character of Christ. The Holy Spirit upon wants to help you to overcome the devil and minister to others. The indwelling Spirit helps you develop the character, what Christ is like. The empowering spirit enables you to develop the ministry of Jesus to help people. They're quite different things. Quite different things. Quite different things. The indwelling spirit helps you have an intimate relationship with God. The empowering spirit it helps you serve faithfully and become productive and fruitful. We need the power of God in our service. Think about that. God wants to dwell within you to change who you are so you become a better person. You become more like Jesus. Holy Spirit wants to come upon you, wants to fill you, so you can supernaturally minister to us. What a challenge. Evangelicals, they focus on the indwelling Christ. But Pentecostals often focus on the empowering Christ. We need both. We need to build relationship with the Holy Spirit and surrender and yield to Him as our nature. So the fruit of the Spirit dwells. We also need to learn how to have encounters with the Holy Spirit so we can minister the gifts and power of God to people. Obviously, God plans for you to do that. Change on the inside, develop the character of Christ, and serve on the outside, and meet the needs of people. The needs of people can only be met by the power of God. And over this weekend, we want to see people touched and have their needs ministered to. So tonight we've discovered who the Holy Spirit is. He's the Spirit of God. He's eternal and unchanging. He's all powerful. 
圣灵在我们当中让我们去侍奉你。And we saw the difference between the two. Tonight I want to give an opportunity. Surrendering your life to Christ is what makes you a Christian. Inviting Him to come into your life. Determining not to follow your own will. But to surrender to him. Jesus said this, to everyone who received him, who welcomed him, believed in him, trusted him, he gave right or power to become a child of God. Tonight, I want to give an opportunity. This is the most important decision any person can make. It's not to live a life as a spiritual orphan. But to open their life for Jesus Christ. It says God loved you so much. He sent Jesus into the world to reveal what God is like and to give his life on the cross so sin can be broken in your life. God wants you to come to him. He invites you to come to him. He calls you to come to him. And to everyone who received Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become a child of God. The Spirit of God enters into you. Your sins are all wiped away and forgiven. You have a new beginning. This is what you need to do tonight. I'm going to give every person here who has not yet received Jesus the opportunity to become a child of God. I want you just to close your eyes right now. Please just close your eyes. This is the most important decision to make. Is to say yes. Yes to God. Yes to Jesus Christ. To invite Him into your life. You're here tonight, and you're not yet a Christian. Haven't committed your life to become a Christian. A follower of Jesus. I want you to make that decision tonight. Would you raise your hand right now if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ? Come here. Didn't know what you were coming to, but tonight you're coming to Jesus Christ. Would you raise your hand if that's you? I want to give my life to Jesus. Just 
Would you do that? Just raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Let me know. I want to give my life to Jesus. Would you do that? Just put your hand up wherever you are. Perhaps you're feeling in your heart and sort of fluttering and you're a bit fearful to respond. It's because there's a battle going on Say, I want to return to Jesus tonight. I want to return to my first love again. I want to come back to Jesus. Would you raise your hand tonight? Just raise your hand. I want to return. I want to come back. God bless. God bless. God bless. Anyone else? Amen. Amen. This is what we'll do now. I want everyone to stand. And I'm going to invite those who put their hands up to come to the front. And I want to pray for you. I want to lead you in a prayer to respond to Jesus. So right now, let's just lift our hands to the Lord together. And each of the people who put your hand up, Are there any others tonight? Would you come? Please come, please come. There's others put their hand up. Would you come too? Just come down. Make your way to the front now. That's right. Anyway, I can't keep clapping, church. People still coming. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just come. There's some people over here. That's right. Just come. Encourage your friend to come if you bought them an unsafe person. Encourage them to come to God. Any others? Just come. Just come quickly. Come quickly. Anyone else? Anyone else? Please come. Please come. Else, still a couple more. There's someone here wanting to come. Just come now, make your way quickly. 
That's the way. Come on, there you go. Come on, let's give them a clap as they come. That's wonderful. Oh, you're all so shy. Don't be so shy. We love you. Amen. Okay, just bring the music down just a little bit. Music down a bit, please. That's right. I want you just to close your eyes. God is near you. And he loves you deeply. The Spirit of God is drawing you. And you are responding. He loves you deeply. He understands the struggles. He understands the disappointments. He understands what's been happening in your life. And he loves you very deeply. He wants to help you tonight because he loves you. Remember we said what he is like. He is compassionate. He feels your pain and wants to help you. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. When we pray, we just talk to God. And He will hear your voice. And He will respond. I'd like the whole church to pray with me. God's presence is here very strongly. People are starting to feel the love of God. They're starting to weep as God touches them. You are special to Him. He loves you very deeply. You're very special to Him. You're not alone. He says, I'll never leave you. The Bible even says, if we're unfaithful, God will remain faithful. That's because He's long-suffering. He hasn't given up on you. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. Just follow me in this prayer. Dear Jesus, I open my heart to you. Please forgive me my sin. And come into me afresh. I need you tonight. I give you my life. And I ask you to touch my heart. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I belong to you. Nothing can separate me from your love. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Just stay there with your eyes closed. The Holy Spirit starts to come on people and touch them. It's a feel the love of God. Thank you, Lord. I take authority over the spirit of disappointment and grief. I break its hold over you tonight. Release it.